Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. Hooray! And we are joined by the fabulous Dawn Isaac. Um, you are an RHS Chelsea medal winning garden designer with a specialty in designing family, school and preschool gardens. You're a writer, a broadcaster, author of the fabulous 101 Things for Kids to Do Outside and you're the horticultural advisor for the award-winning CBB shows Mr Bloom and you also have three children. I do. You're a shouter at the telly. Yes, that's right. What particular telly do you like to shout at? What's your... Uh, well, I have a yeah, I I have a slight issue with the crafting of things on television. Oh, too. really? Yeah, I have to say, although I love her in many many ways, I shout more at Kirsty Allsop than most. Do you? Yes. Oh, what is it? What is it that gets to you? Do you know what really got to me was when she gold embossed pears. Oh, <laughs> and I did lose it slightly at that point. <laughs> Are you are you uh, are you an anti pear? Are you allergic to pears? Are you an anti? Not really. I think I'm just tight. It was, yeah, right. It was more the sheer amount of money for gold. They were they were four. I tell you what, they were four. They were four name places at dinner tables. First of oh. all, whoever actually needs. Well, speaking of, I usually get so drunk at my dinner parties <laughs> that I can't remember my friend's name, so I find it very handy. I just face them outwards. Yeah, but maybe you need a golden boss pair with a luggage tack attached, wow. with a name on it. But as I say, I do love her, so I won't. I don't shout at her, and I shout at her in an encouraging way. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> Stop putting gold on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so um, now we're recording the Scummy Mummies podcast today in the countryside. We're almost al fresco, but we're in a lovely kitchen in Cambridgeshire. Um, but usually we're almost outdoors, but we're inside the building. It's not really almost al fresco. Okay. Should we, should we crack on into the interview, Ellie? Let's crack on. Mm-hmm. You, you do it. You're right. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Now you are an award-winning gardener, aren't you? What is what is a gardener's award ceremony like? I imagine all these people tramping mud through the Dorchester, you know, just generally <laughs> leaning their spades against the ladies. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I got one at Chelsea, and they give you a medal, except it's not. It's a, mm. actually a picture of medal on a piece of card. <laughs> 
So, yeah, Come that's, on, crafty. Slightly, that's crafty. Slightly disappointing, if I'm <laughs> honest. Here's what, here's what an award ceremony like for gardeners. So when did you get into gardening? Because I'm, I'm sort of, I've, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm not into gardening. And it's not that I've, you know, I actively dislike it. It's just, it's never something I've sort of got round to. And I sort of imagine that one day, a bit like liking whiskey and olives, I'll just sort of wake up yeah. at a certain age and I'll like gardening. Is that what happened to you or have you always been into it? No, I was, I was possibly, it's that thing, isn't it, where you think I should have been into it as a child, and I kind of was, but then gardening was horribly unfair because I was given some seeds to grow in the school marrow grown contest. Oh. It was pre-pumpkin days. Mm-hmm. Pumpkins, pumpkins weren't the rage in the 70s, marrows were, <laughs> and the school would give you two seeds to take home and grow the biggest marrow, and me being hugely competitive, um, got really into gardening, got my lovely patch ready sowed these my brothers just dropped them into the ground and then completely ignored the first time and I weeded and I tended and I weeded and I tended and I weeded and tended and uh, I got nothing because obviously oh, at some oh. point I would have weeded out the seedlings yeah. and my brothers ah. got prize winning marrows and oh. I hated gardening um, and I would do some gardening with my parents and for my parents and then I wasn't very good at plant identification and I fed them all begonia rather than rhubarb is, is that bad it's do you know what my mother makes it sound like it was a bad thing, right. but I would point out that nobody realised it wasn't rhubarb when they were eating it. Oh, what is begonia? Is it is it like a poisonous? No, it's not. Well, no, they would have possibly realised that it is not <laughs> actually poisonous, but it is actually just a sort of you know ornamental perennial ah, okay. plant. Right, but it has, I think, essence of rhubarb to it. So did you actually grow up in the countryside, were you? No, a kind of, you know, uh, a town. We had a nice garden, though, so mm. that's, you know, it, it had the whole kind of the good life vibe going on. Yeah. You know, we had chickens and fruit trees. and um, So, yes, it was, a, it was a very kind of good life. It was all kind of, you know, raspberries to pick and lots of berries to pick and a rhubarb patch and all that sort of stuff, a nice big lawn. Sounds not unlike my own childhood, which many consists of going down to Sydney Woods, picking the blackberries that were high enough that dogs couldn't wee on them. That's exactly. That's yeah. basically what I grew up with as well. So I feel like we're very kind- very. kindred spirits, really, <laughs> in terms it. of life experience. <laughs> so these days you specialise in um, family gardens and sort of preschool gardens and something. And was that something you were interested in before you had children or did that? Well, no, I was interested in gardening, obviously. And then yeah. children have this tendency to sort of come along and, you know, yeah. stop Ruin everything. on your life. Yes. And I thought... You end up doing podcasts about them and everything. Exactly. Oh, you kind of, you either, it's a sort of, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. And you're not really supposed yeah. to beat them. So I kind of thought, right, I'll bring these two things of my life together. They're hanging around anyway. They're there. Yeah. Might as well make use of them. Mm. And I thought, that's it. I will be the woman you talk to about kids and gardening I thought so and so what what do you think makes a good family garden I think it's the key is family it's not a children's garden it's a family garden mm. so it's a bit of space for everyone mm-hmm. so I noticed I would have told you it would be like my garden but you two have just come straight in yeah I saw the flat on the table have a cup of tea and haven't actually even asked to go and look at oh, the garden no, really, we're al fresco <laughs> <laughs> actually be outside or anything well I had I said Ellie we're going to record a podcast like in a garden she said what how are we going to do it outside I was like oh no we're doing it in the house but she's got a garden (laughs) that is not the same I've got a garden (laughs) you know know, space for everyone so I've got a children's play area for example swing ball 
No. Oh, that, that's to me, that's what makes you confound your sorry. <laughs> no, swings, playhouse, sandpit, all that sort of stuff. But it's also slightly sunken, so you don't actually have to see it from everywhere. Oh, oh that's oh, nice. I've that. got a trampoline, but it's sunken in the ground. Oh, yeah. So you don't actually see so it's it. It's not like a big car bunker yeah. on the... So everything's yeah. there, but it's not, it doesn't scream, it's all about the kids. Mm. And it's like there's a there's a lovely sort of seating area in the gazebo that's next to the children's play area, so you can drink while supervising them. Oh, this is key. Is, yeah. um, Ellie and I want to talk about our gardens. We, we both live in South East London. Uh, and so my gun has... Uh, some junk left over from the previous owners, which is just like a big tin with old paint cans uh, yeah. in it, um, and an old sculpture that's fallen down, a lot of leaves and some pots with weeds in them, which is oh, very, nice. very yeah, nice, yeah. Uh, and an enormous trampoline that takes up most of the yeah. <laughs> That is above ground. So that's that's my that's my garden. And Ellie, you've got a lovely... I've garden. got a shed. You've got, got shed. a wicked shed yeah. uh, <laughs> that we bought that's sort of almost as big as our house. <laughs> And uh, it was really nice. We've got a lovely neighbour and uh, he's he's got quite a big shed, but we bought this shed that was a bit bigger than we sort of realised when we ordered it. And he just came out into our garden and went, and he's Australian as well, actually, he went, yeah, nice nice shed, Pete. Uh, I don't feel emasculated at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm quite proud of the shed. But yeah, apart from that, we've got a pile of roofing tiles, mm-hmm. um, some really crappy old decking that my husband's solution for, I was like you know maybe we could strip it back or we could yeah. you know and he's like oh, I'm going to hoover it I was like what <laughs> and he's like well that's why it's so dirty and grubbly it's got all these little it's got sand isn't it in the sand pit it would just hoover up the sand and I was just oh god so that's that's the sort of yeah, yeah. we're quite urban let's, yeah. let's yes. say that mm-hmm. so I mean I suppose I'm asking what what should I do Dawn how do I motivate myself where do you start I think you start from working out what you're prepared to do because there's no point you growing things that right. need obviously any care or attention. Yeah. So not, just you know, I should not pave it over. going to get it. <laughs> just no, pave it over. No, but you plant things that need almost no care and attention. Grass. Because if you plant something else, it's not a weed, and you've you've nicked the weed space. So that's ah. a good start. That's a good tip. Mm. In in the technical terms, we're calling that ground cover. Ground, ground, ground. I'm writing it down. Write it down. Write it down. That's ground cover. So, what a good, what a good ground cover plant. Ground cover. Oh no, you would like this one, Um, Alcamilla mollis. Alcamilla mollis. I'll write write it phonetically. Yeah. Or ladies' mantle. I'm going to give you easy what terms. Ladies' mantle. Ladies' mantle. And it's got little rough-like flowers, a bit like an Elizabethan courtier, (gasps) which is very nice. But you'll like it because actually the fairies use it to collect their dewdrops. Oh Oh, God! Oh, lovely. Dewdrops sit on the leaves. Oh heaven! And actually, it's got very fluffy. Yes. We don't need to think about that. And then you've got some lovely sort of floaty throffy. I'm doing your hand gesture Yes, here. you are. Look. Throffy. Goodbye, sun. Acid green flowers. Ooh. Yeah, so they're very cool and they're very good in cut flowers. So it's nice. You can you can dump those mm-hmm. in a vase yes. with like one like bit from the bulb that's growing that you don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a beautiful, you know, you've you've put your own flowers on the table cut oh, the garden. This is lovely. So that's good. This is that's a good one. Mm. Um you what you really want though is total no maintenance plant. So if you've got like pots and stuff, you want to put in things like sempervirums and things like sedums because they're sort of succulents and they kind of you can there's there's a sempervirum that a biologist tried to dry for his collection. Mm-hmm. And because you want to press them, sort of, you know, show this is 
a great example of this fabulous plant. 18 months he tried, and mm. it still wasn't dried out, so he chucked it out, and it started growing again. That is the sort of plant you need. Hardy, That's what I need. Hardy yeah, plants. Sort of, yeah. 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 Just Almost com- like a triffid, just <laughs> unkillable. Yes. yes, basically. So they're very good. They look lovely in, you know, people plant them in loads of stuff. Hen and chicks, I think they're called in the States quite often. All they right, have the little, this down. The little baby ones come off them all the time. But you can, like old shoes bits of rubbish and I'm not looking at you two pointed at this point but in your garden that you want to sort of replant you put those in them and things oh this is lovely well, sedum you'd like that my favourite plant only because of its name actually but it's another one you know a sedum acre that you don't need to try too hard on its common name was welcome home husband though never so drunk perfect I yeah, love this, this is like <laughs> scummy gardeners question time <laughs> lazy people it's just to ask another just go back to my garden this is just me asking about my garden yeah but, so you're just getting a free garden consultation basically that's this is you're not even recording this are you <laughs> no, it's just, just for my personal use that's it. Um, but yeah so say I think right I'm going to get me ground cover I'm going to yes. go and uh, yeah. get me fairy flowers whatever nonsense the drunk uh, husband coming about. home yeah yes. Um, how do I get rid of the weeds? Do you, do you do you just tank weed with children? It's difficult, isn't it? Can you just tank weed yeah. killer down? Or... To be honest, and now this is going to get rid. There's another word you need to write down. Okay, okay, not, okay. Saying, okay. See, and it's yeah. not good, right? As a word, but I quite like it. Oh. It's mulch. Oh, mulch. you want to mulch? Mm-hmm. You want to I mulch want the bejeebies out of your garden? The, yes, <laughs> I want to mulch it within an inch of its life. <laughs> you do. So basically. There's two types of weed. This is going to get... I'm actually going to give you proper information here. I like There's a it, perennial. Yeah. It keeps coming back. And it's growing from its roots and it comes back and comes back and comes it's back. Not it's, what like the midwife, it's not what the midwife sews up, is it? And then you get... No, it's not. It's it's nearly as painful as yes. it's all over the garden. But there we are. In a psychological rather than... Loads of weeds are um, annual weeds. So they're just weed seeds and they're there. And the moment you turn the soil and you think you've done a great job, you turn the soil, brilliant, it's looking lovely. All you've done is turn over and load more weed seeds. They've suddenly mm. got light and they all start into growth. Yeah. So what you Damn do it. instead is you put a thick layer of something like... Um, Oh, a sort of spent mushroom compost. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Spent mushroom Ooh, compost. Ooh, lovely. Like Over the top, nice thick layer. No longer get any light in. Keeps all the moisture there, so you don't have to bother watering your garden either. Mm-hmm. And no, no annual weeds coming up. It's brilliant. Oh. And it improves your soil and it feeds your soil and that's all you need to do. And that's it. No Gardening need. done. It's the least sexy bit, but most effective bit. Of so no need to tank out the bleach, which is almost no. always my temptation. Probably not. Oh, that's, that's a good beginner's guide, though. I think... Yeah, because stuff does grow in my garden very prolifically, like a tiny little pink flower that's just kind of goes yeah. everywhere, but that's not very nice. So I'll stuff does grow yeah. despite your best efforts. I know. So I remember really. I had to pick Helen up uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I walked through our front garden, and it was like honestly, I thought there'd been some sort of hurricane. There was just great big swathes of fallen crops. Oh just no, everywhere. no, I'd been attacking the buddleia. Had you? Yes, I with don't great. Blame you. Great big hacking thing. I, th- yeah. I think I was quite premenstrual. Anyway, something was making me want to get rid of half of the Budlia tree. And I just went, hunk, 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 hunk and cut it back. Um, and yeah, and then there was a pile about as big as our car, wasn't there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next to the Star- Saab estate, there was a pile of branches. But the other great thing about gardens, you see, is you really, you just find two or three things that you grow well that like your garden. Mm. Then divide them. Okay. Um, yes. If it's like a perennial, perennial, not yes, yes. good. Yes. I'll... If it's like a perennial, herbaceous perennial, so I'll find another word. <gasps> but basically, one that isn't 
doesn't look like a buddly. It's not all got woody bits in yeah. there that you can kind of pull apart. You can almost cut it up and pull it apart. As long as it's got a bit of root, a bit of shoot. Yeah. Those are all new plants for mm. no money. Mm-hmm. So just find like three things that grow really well that you like. Mm-hmm. And then every spring or autumn, chop them up. And then you fill the whole garden with just like, them. Like a hydrangea? No. Right, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, exciting. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> So if you think right, I'm going to sort out my garden. Where is a good place to start? Because I like I listen to it radio for, I listen to Gardener's Question Time, and honestly, they might as well be talking about you know space travel. I really have no idea what's going on. It is difficult because I think it's a. I think this is where there's a missing link. Really, mm. Mm. I would probably say talk to children because actually children are the only ones getting basic gardening on mm. mass in this country. Because school gardening, there's about four million kids mm. doing gardening at school now oh my son does like to water the plants in his own special way yes so <laughs> yeah that he could do that on a compost heap and it would actually act as an accelerant I'm oh just gonna god don't my, so my dad my parents have a compost heap yeah. my mum's quite into gardening my dad saves like the big four pint milk things and keeps them in the loo so that in the morning he doesn't get bothered to go out to the garden he does a wee in the milk thing uh, and then that would be sort of all right, fair enough. But then he just leaves it there in the toilet. And when visitors come round, <laughs> he likes to parade the gallon of urine in its plastic container around the dinner table. Look at that! Look at that! Three days, that is. Three days! Oh. Don't say that. <laughs> nothing else we can do except make that noise yeah so he listens to this podcast so please don't encourage him please don't I can't can't look at my father's year in well someone said you should wee outside so the foxes don't come into your garden as well really yeah yeah, I don't know that that would work. I think it's That's just like me I'm making up yeah. excuses for doing a whiz in the garden. I think you're supposed to wee on the foxes. No. <laughs> wee in their eye. <laughs> but I say the one thing about gardening is most things want to grow. You know, you're, mm. it, it's kind of changing your attitude to not being scared by gardening and just giving it a shot. Cause, yeah. And the main thing is just find out where they're happy. You know, yes. every plant's got a happy place. Mm-hmm. You know, mine is Waitrose. Some plants like sun, some plants like shade, some like it wet, some like it dry. So the main thing is read up on it. And also, in general, if a plant is cheap, it means it grows really, really easily. Never spend a lot of money on a plant or a bulb. The more money you spend, the more prima donna-ish they are. You don't want high maintenance. No. You just want cheap and cheerful. Cheap and cheerful. You put it in and it does its job yeah and as he said it does its business <laughs> that sounded so wrong i pulled back from that but yeah plants are you know you know you can get some alliums they're great they're lovely they're like a massive purple ball on a stick they're brilliant they look terribly sophisticated and really fabulous but you can get some alliums cost you cost you three quid yeah, I mean, because when I go to Lidl for my weekly shop, they have lots of lovely plants. I think, I oh, just just get one a week and I can build up the garden. Yeah, although, yeah, that does slightly scare me, the old um, supermarkets flogging plants. Yeah. Why is that? Well, unless you buy it the day they go in. Well, for starters, an awful lot of them, and this is quite a fundamental thing, put them inside the shop. Yes, yeah. Now, you know... Horticulture 101, what do plants need? Al fresco. Al fresco. A little bit of sun. (laughs) Uh, You don't really want to be buying too much there. Seeds, different. Seeds. Seeds, fine. Seeds, fine. Seeds, good. Seeds, cheap and cheerful. Very good. Okay, so we've cracked that nut. Go forth and garden, dear listeners. Do it. Do it now. So we're coming up to our next section, Ellie, which is called... 
Book chat. Book chat. Yeah, so, we, well, we used to call the book section, I've read a book. Uh, <laughs> but let's call it, uh, Dawn, you've written a book. I have. almost more impressive. <laughs> Tell us about your book, Dawn. <laughs> yes, it is. 101 Things for Kids to Do Outside, which was, uh, yeah, basically me getting the kids to be in the garden with me. Excellent. It comes from a totally selfish place. And and did you do 101 Things as the title first and then go, right, this is the yeah, challenge. Then you got to about number 67 and thought, oh, God. Yeah, no, it was a really stupid, stupid thing to say, actually. <laughs> no, I put it in. No, I put in, my, I put in the proposal. This 100 is not good enough. 101 Things, brilliant, that sounds great. There's loads of stuff. Everyone will think that's a really good number. And then I think I got to about writing up number 58 or something. And I, it became a daily thing. And I keep turning to my husband and going, Ruben, how does... 58 things for kids to do outside. I mean, that's kind of got a little bit of, you know... Yeah. It's like It's a bit like number 42. Yeah. yeah. It's, got, yeah. it's got that yeah. comedic value, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't that sound good? 69, that's a funny number. That is a funny number. <laughs> I thought I'd cracked it. 83, for some reason, I thought 83 was good, and I thought graphically... Yeah, that's quite nice. That yeah. nice, uh, nice roundness going on. But the on. publisher said, you promised me 101. But it's fantastic. I've got, we've got the book here. I'm just having a flick through. Yeah, do it, do it audibly, Ellie. <laughs> Yes. There's all sorts of things here. So there's games, there's like pavement games you can play with sort of chalk on the patio and there's water balloon stuff and then, you know, making stuff out of plants, making baskets yeah. and jewellery and, and all sorts. There is. And it was it was kind of because kids are, you know what kids are like, if you're going to say go outside, they're going to be in a different mood, a different age, got different interests. The mm. idea was there should be no child that couldn't find some stuff in there to interest them mm. and could not whinge and say... I've got nothing to do outside. Yeah. Which is really the, the plan. But also it was it was writing it. What I did have the biggest fight on was actually I wanted to write it so the kids could read it. Right. Because the mm. whole point to me is my childhood, the best bits happened when your parents weren't involved. Mm. Yeah. So the fact that you can give them this book and say, it's for you, there you mm. go, there's some post-it notes. Yeah. Mark a few things. Yeah. Mummy's going to bed with a bottle of Merlot. <laughs> Why? Knock <laughs> yourself out. <laughs> Well, there are, there are quite a lot of books out there which are kind of, let's all go out as a lovely family and be outdoors and <laughs> let's, let's whittle something from our log. <laughs> and, and it always seems to, it, it's written for the parents of like, you know, quite frankly, the kids who probably are out there all the time anyway, yeah. because they're parents force them to be mm. out there whether they like it or not yeah uh-huh. and and what i like about the book is there's things that you probably could do in five minutes yes or, or things you could spend yeah. the whole day or you know yeah. you've got it's as i say it's covering all the bases it's stopping the excuses before they begin yeah and it's seasonal you've got um what was it snow lanterns oh i love oh, I like snow. Snow it was very yeah. pretty uh, and and then obviously autumnal things. And you like this one, don't you, Helen? The make outdoor bunting. Helen loves bunting. I do. I love, well, I know. We look. There, <laughs> there's bunting hanging in the kitchen, and there was also bunting, mini bunting on your tea cosy. Oh, there is. There's yeah. bunting on the outdoor wheelbarrow. There's bunting in the greenhouse. There's mm-hmm. bunting on the kids' playhouse. There's oh. bunting in my daughter's room. There's bunting in my son's room. My other son is possibly getting bunting for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We quite like bunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? There is not. What's really distressing for me, because obviously make outdoor bunting, it's from coloured plastic bags. It's great. It works. It's outside. In fact, it's still on my shed outside. Uh, and I love that idea. And when we did the front cover, I said, can we have bunting on the front cover? <laughs> and I was heartbroken because apparently, and did you know this, bunting is not international. 
Is that right? Yes, it is because... Great, I'm emigrating. <laughs> because that's why, as an Australian, you come, you come to England and you just go, oh, bunting. Oh, well, I did. So when mm. they publish it in other countries, which they have done, it is Ooh. international. <gasps> yeah. In it's 104 just, countries? No, which is rather disappointing. Oh. But in Hungary, and there's a French version, there's a German version. I was oh. hoping you were going to say that like in some countries, bunting is considered highly offensive. <laughs> like in Spain, <laughs> bunting is absolute. It's like getting your willy out at a wedding. It's just not socially acceptable. They put it up when there's been a death in the family. Yes. It's a shame. <laughs> Do not visit this house. The bunting is up. <laughs> oh, no, look, they got the bunting at number 42. They got a plague. They got a plague. They got a plague bunting up. I don't know why the Spanish sound there from the Somerset. I don't know what's happening. Oh, so there. you're allowed to do an accent. Fine. That wasn't you, yeah, but that, that what, what do we say, Helen? What, what's the catchphrase? If it's white, it's all right. Correct. There we go. Excellent. <laughs> That's the rule for accents on the Scary Rose podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, yeah, one of the things I liked was the intro drawn to the book where you've put um, this book is for kids who like TV, movies, popcorn, lying in bed, all on your bars, hanging upside down off the sofa for no good reason, and staying in pajamas all day. Now, that is a pretty accurate description of my son. Yes. Do, do you have days with your three kids where you do just sit in pajamas? Oh, yeah, that's the, the pajama days, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do we not all? Yes. yes, yes, yeah. we do. That's why I'm going, oh. Yeah, <laughs> because this book is, is yeah. filled with beautiful pictures of your own children rolling around in mud and leaves, and that's lovely. But, you know, I just I just want to make sure that they also oh. are shoving marshmallows in watching God, Finding yeah. Nemo for the 15th time. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not a big outdoorsy family, mm. but this is the point. Because if you're an outdoorsy family, why do you need a book? But what I do is we'll have pyjama days, obviously, but then usually one day a weekend we have screen th- free before three. So, yeah, because then we, we do not have the screens on. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we're outside all the time. Sometimes we're inside doing stuff. Mm. But it's just there's less... They get longer to get into stuff, and sometimes that will involve being out doing stuff. Yeah. And a lot of things in the book as well aren't about, you know, step one, do this, step two, do that. It's not prescriptive. It's about, right, set up a mud pie kitchen. I mean, you... 
start there, but where kids take it, who knows? I mean, we have a mud pie they kitchen. Could, and with a franchise, they could own like a, nice, exactly. a nationwide chain of mud <laughs> they pies. They could. That's how Nando started. <laughs> uh, you can see its roots as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, I, they create an entire world. I mean, kids are creative people, so it's only just to get them going. A lot of these ideas, they'll then take and do with it what mm. they will. Uh, a technique for getting kids out of the door or kids outside. My friend's mum told me the other day is that in the summertime she used to just chuck the kids out the door and lock the doors and stay inside and say, you have to be outside. <laughs> um, I haven't done that yet, but I can see the appeal yeah. if you've got a big, a big sprawling gun. Um, that can- was, in fact, going to be, literally was going to be the idea 101. Yeah. But yeah. I, had, I have a friend who had said that's exactly what her mother did. Yeah. And she used to go down the road and watch telly at her friends. <laughs> she, so, she ended up being raised by wolves. <laughs> and uh, she's now very weird. Uh, <laughs> so as, as, as sensible as that might sound, kids, as I say, are terribly creative. They are. So they will find a way around that. Yeah, my kids are just... Because well, I live in a cul-de-sac that's all very lovely and hippie. And my kids will just walk across the road if they're not watching telly at ours. And find a telly that's on yeah. <laughs> in the neighbour's house. Or neighbours will come to our house because yeah. they know the TV's on a lot of the time. <laughs> and come and watch. So my mum won't let me watch this TV, but you do. I was like, aye, 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 aye. We'll see. And of these 101 things, what are your own kids? What are their favourite things to do outside? Um, hmm. Difficult to say. The one we weirdly, the one we probably have done the most is the bear hunt, which sounds, which is the most basic thing in there. Which is where you put the teddy bears, where you hide their teddy bears and any soft toys around the house. But they they would play that for hours. I I personally really like, and they have they do do this with me is the solar powered oven from a cardboard box. Oh right, now explain explain what that is. So it's basically part science experiment, part snack. So it's good. I do love being able to eat science. Exactly. (laughs) So you get a big cardboard box, big box, little box. Mm -hmm. You get a little box, a shoe box, which you paint or cover with black. Um, And then you put that in the bigger box, but you're surrounding it with lots of bunched up newspaper. That's your... your, What's the word I'm looking for? Insulation. Insulation. That's your insulation layer, right? Keeps all the heat in. And you put a lid on that's got a clear top to it. So the sun comes in. And it heats up, but there's nowhere for it to escape. And the heat is trapped and the black absorbs the heat. And then you put frozen cookie dough, slices of that in the bottom. Or a few chicken drumsticks, presumably. Fish Probably fingers. not chicken. I'm just <laughs> going to put that out there now as a safety issue. Not chicken <laughs> but, what about I love about your first suggestion is the only one that could probably kill children <laughs> what about a free bento steak and ale pie <laughs> well, you can heat things up yeah. quite well but yeah and then it cooks in a couple of hours it cooks cookies just with the power of the sun that's amazing it, it really works yeah yeah really works wow in oh. this country in this in this very country I'm going to give it a go yeah it's a free bento pie <laughs> do a human sundial that's quite good as well so, so you get, kids you get a dead body. <laughs> kids just stand for 12 hours. No, uh, but they have to go out once every hour. So, oh, and then like oh. mark it. Then they mark it. Well, they put little stones down and they stand on the central stone. So they mm. have to see where their shadow hits each hour. This is a... You're, you're opening up new doors and new <laughs> worlds to me. But then again, then again, also, they particularly like things like Splash, which is, again, world's simplest game. Whereas one's got a big bucket of water... And then they're thinking of a number, mm. and the other person 
the other people stand in a line, each saying a number between one and ten until somebody says the number they were thinking of. <laughs> That's a genius. And then they throw water in their face. <laughs> Sounds like a fun fun time. So where can people uh, get your get your book or find out more about it? Well, Hungary, as we've discussed. Yes. French Canada. <laughs> uh, it, it's on the A word, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. And you've got a blog as well. I do, yes. Littlegreenfingers.com. Well, I would say go go get the book now. It's fantastic. So okay. now we've we've held back on this. We've tried to be professional and you know talk about gardening, but really, Dawn, we we know that we're rubbing shoulders with someone who has rubbed shoulders with quite a big name. He isn't is. That right, Helen? I know. I know. I'm trying not to flick my hair and giggle at the even the, the flick mid- your hair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Mr. Bloom, Mr. Bloom, Mr. Bloom. I guess now Mr. Bloom doesn't really do it for me, but he does it for you, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's lovely. When he, because when when I look at the screen and he goes hello, and I, I <laughs> it's right, it's all right. I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> I, hello, what is that? <laughs> I get, I, I, I do. I, I have been known to blush at the TV when. <laughs> It's his lovely eyes and his little jaunty trilby hat. Crinkly, yeah. So I'm sure he's a very nice man, but I I don't find him that sexually exciting, which I'm sure will be very sad to hear. Well, I know. I'm sure there's like websites devoted to it. There is. He's got a big mum's net. I'm sure I read a mum's net discussion about, uh, you know, his his erotic qualities. I think we should be a bit more uh, clear about who we're talking about. So Mr. Bloom um, is a fabulous television show about uh, a man who's in an allotment. You, you describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you are basically the brains trust of this show. Well, I, they got me in at the start because, you know, as these things go, we're going to do a gardening program and absolutely nobody knew anything about gardening, but that is fine. Yes. <laughs> that we can get over. We've got a great concept. Yeah. We've got a man. We've got a puppet that looks like a turnip. Boom, let's go. (laughs) Well, it began life because Ben, who plays Mr. Bloom, would go round as Mr. Bloom to schools with vegetables in nappies. Ah. Now, was that something they invite him to do that? That is the next question. That's it. It has that kind of... It has that sort of kids' theatre legs akimbo group. But no, it was a great concept for kids who not really didn't know where vegetables came from, anything like that, just Mm. to get them. Well, they were petting vegetables in nappies. It all sounds so wrong. It does. I just had a vision of an eight-year-old breastfeeding a carrot. (laughs) (laughs) I feel a bit funny now. Uh. So that was the concept, but then they 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 ran with it. Yeah, big time. Who got to name the vegetables? Was that a workshop? How did Colin the runner? I never got to name. I never got involved, sadly, with the naming of Mm. them. Colin was a was a you know undiscovered star. I could see the appeal of Colin. Mm. They thought that the radishes were going to steal the show, and I could tell you, cheeky McGregor's, cheeky wee McGregor's. But no, I knew it would be Colin. Yeah, the bean. Um, yeah, so for the international listeners out there, we, we are lis- listened to in 104 countries. If you don't know about Mr. Bloom, it is a, a wonderful television show. And, and I it think is. award-winning now as well. It is award-winning. And it is a, I mean, it's really amazing from a gardening perspective what is covered with small children. Mm. What is he like in real life? Very lovely, very softly spoken, with no hint of a West Country accent. <gasps> <laughs> He's putting it on. How does he's a magician? <laughs> Sometimes. 
sometimes people on the telly are pretending to be the people that they're on the telly as. They're not really like you that. You put it first. Yeah. That right. and Google. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, wow. So where is he actually from? Where does he live? Uh, he lives- <laughs> What's his address? <laughs> what cafes does he like to hang out in? <laughs> well, he's See, I'm flicking my hair now. You are, actually. Actually. No, I'm, I'm blushing. blushing. I've got bright red. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, now he's become, you know, because it's now gone on to um, Country Far for the Under Fives was happening. Oh. And the vegetables are no more. Oh. Where did, where did puppets they go? Where have oh. they gone? Oh, I know. Oh, no, they've withered and died, this is children. Like, it's like Toy Story 3. <laughs> and it was a bit of a worry, though. It was a bit of a worry because when we first did the programme, we were thinking, well, the kids are going to stop eating vegetables because they're just going to ah. go, I don't want to eat Sebastian. No, I Margaret. can't love Colin. <laughs> but they seem to be, kids seem to be able to amazingly distinguish between a talking puppet yeah. and, in fact, the food on their plate. Children are able to understand there's a difference between Television and reality. That's, that's yeah. a key developmental yeah. milestone. I, oh, I don't know. There we go. Well, that's oh, lovely, Mr. Bloom. Yeah, we love Mr. Bloom. Well, that's very nice. Um, I was. Can I give? Can I give Dawn my gift now? Please do. Okay. Oh, my so, goodness. so um, I've made you a gift. Oh, look at that. It's yes. a Liberty Print lavender bag, which I hand sewed. Aww. So it's something that represents outside that you can keep inside. Because that's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to actually be our fresco. No, <laughs> that's it. It's, it's, it's like a metaphor. Because oh, so, you smell so nice. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> You are done. That's yours to keep there until we go. Sell it at the village fete. There yeah. we go. Uh, so, what's our next section then? Um, well, I've, I've entitled this "Getting Dirty Outside: A Walk in the Lady Garden." So, I thought we've, we've talked about wholesome things about getting children outside and and getting parents, but I thought let's just get a bit dirty and talk about what we've done outside that's you know not so wholesome. Mm. So, I want to talk about my sort of first dirty encounter outside, which is my first kiss i did alfresco at school and i went and kissed a boy behind a bush and i was you know having my first tongue kiss and then all of a sudden a chicken leapt out at us and surprised us both but that was my <laughs> wow i really wish i'd grown up in country australia yeah sometimes. so that's what it was like i thought yeah. you were saying he was italian australian his name was alfresco <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So that was that was my first dirty encounter outside. Uh, well, my dirty outside story is when I was at university, me and one of my very good friends. Let's call him John because that's his name. Uh, well, I won't say which John. I had two very good John friends at university, so I won't say which one it was, and then that's not giving it away. Um, me and my friend John, um, we always used to walk back from like when we'd been out drinking because we were very cheap students, and obviously we'd always need a wee on the way home. And so to make things a bit more exciting and interesting, what we started doing is we set up a little competition to see who could wee outside the most university buildings. And it was like bingo. So the idea was that you had to wee outside every single building on like the campus. Yeah, so like so... we'd do like the law building on a Thursday night and then we'd do English literature on a Friday, biology on a Saturday. Um, yeah, and we got quite far with it. Like it got quite competitive and quite serious. 
So, um, so yeah. 101 things for students to do outside. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, that's pretty disgusting. But, Dawn, we were actually helping the environment. There wasn't actually a compost heap there, was well, there? Well, there was often it was on a tree or... <laughs> You're not trying to... Co- no. No. I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but it was biodegradable, so... Exactly. In fact, it was nice. biodegraded. We never did number two, so that's... <laughs> Lovely. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for Classy. clarifying that. <laughs> no problem. Anything else you want to know about it? <laughs> Happy to speak out. That's it. No, let's move on. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dawn, do you like to get dirty outside? Because <laughs> I do. No, I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm slightly stumped by this. Obviously, mm. having never done anything remotely dirty outside, I did. Oh, do this cat, I used to eat soil. Does that? Oh, there we go. That'll do. That's, That's pretty. That, yeah. May or may not have been weed on by somebody. Yes. I'm thinking. Yeah. Though. Was this? You were, you were spinning the roulette wheel. Is oh. that right? Yes. Yeah. Was this a, as as a child? Or? As a child, I ate a lot mm. but even now you know if you actually get a bit really? of really yeah oh, taking you, you back. like it i do do you i do like oh. soil oh that is dirty no, I know. and weird <laughs> <laughs> both things at the same time i was just like drunk student antics <laughs> you i can eat soil that's so weird <laughs> it's really nice i mean to be fair i've always lived in a place with good soil Oh, thank you. That was, yeah, that's proper dirty. I like yeah. That. That's good. Excellent. Well, while we're in a confessional sort of frame mm. of mind, Helen, should we, should we do our scummy mummy confession? We should. I love this section. Now, we, we've asked the listeners to send in their um, scummy mummy outside confessions. Alfresco. Alfresco. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that in. On plein air. Uh, and we've got two. So we thought we'd read them out and then Dawn, you can pick the winner and they'll okay. win a book that you're going to give us. Yes, that's right. I am. Is it your own book? Just something she's got lying around. It's oh, I finished that Jilly Cooper. They can have that. It's, it's your own book, isn't it? Millie Molly Mandy. Away? That's right. You can have that. So this one comes from Maria Conyard. She said, I overheard Annie, who was at the time recently crawling, making a very satisfied yum noise one afternoon. I investigated. She was tucking into one of those massive brownie yellow slugs. Mm. But tucking in, I don't mean picking it up, the unfortunate creature and licking it, or even just putting it in her mouth. She was biting and chewing and swallowing. Oh, come on. It was not good. No, it's not good, Maria. That's, yeah. whoa. That is <laughs> That's a lot of yuck. detail. Oh. oh, poor Maria. Poor Annie. That is... Oh. They're big, those slugs. They you are... can get them like the size of your hand. And, they're, oh. and they've got that weird, almost fluorescent orangeness. And they really do have... There's a sliminess to them. I know because I wore one as a moustache. <laughs> and they really are very... Have you been having photos with Annie Leibovitz by any chance? No. no, but I did do... I've done Movember twice now. Okay. And when I do Movember, I uh, I set myself the challenge of a different moustache every day that must be from something found either in the home or the garden. <laughs> I like and this. And accessorised as such. Oh. And they are very... They, they don't stick either, actually. That had to be done lying down to take so the they're quite Snails, differently. Snails are, in fact, self-clinging, because I did snails, which oh. also wasn't good. Oh. Because, actually, you should never... And I don't believe I should really have to say this, but you should never actually try to wear snails as a moustache. <laughs> So, and then I stuck, well, I thought, to be fair to me, I did actually think I couldn't find any snails, I could only find empty shells, so I stuck these uh, four or five little empty shells on to do the picture, accessorised oh, with the beret so and stripy top, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and onions. And, uh, it's right, it's all right. It was just 
taking a selfie, because this was the only way to obviously record my moustaches. I was taking my selfie and I started having to take it really rapidly because the snails woke up. (laughs) And snails like it damp and dark. So obviously, from Uh, where they were going, they were heading straight up my nostrils. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. And I have pictures. I'm getting a massive calm. I actually have a picture of snails. Rapidly oh. heading off my tash towards my nose. Yoy. Oh, that is worse than eating the soil. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> wow. Oh. Now, Illy, the next one. Yes. Uh, this confession comes all the way from Cully in Namibia. Hello, Cully. Hello, Namibia. Yes. Very exciting. Now, Cully says, uh, we had just moved to Africa with our 18-month-old and three-year-old. Everything was super expensive, especially nappies. So I changed the wet ones less often. My 18-month-old son wandered outside to play with the neighbour's kids. His nappy was very droopy and I had thought to change it, but it got distracted chatting to my neighbour. Um, after a while, my neighbour heard her house phone ringing and as she was running to answer it, she stepped in some poo. I think I know where this is going. Yes, yes. <laughs> she looked annoyed and she immediately blamed our other neighbour's dog. I tutted in agreement and realised after a few minutes that my son had actually done a poo in his nappy, but because it was so droopy, it had just fallen out oh. of the side. Oh, yeah. I still blamed the dog and never confessed to her it was my son's poo. <laughs> well, Cully, you just have. So <laughs> we've actually emailed your neighbour specifically to, her to listen to this podcast and uh, you're going to have to move. So <laughs> thank you. Oh, poor Cully. That's, oh, uh... dear. Now, Dawn, do yeah. we have a winner? Do you know what? <sighs> slug or poo, slug or poo. Slug, slug or poo. poo. Slug. I mean, it's, it's a constant question in my mind. <laughs> slug or poo. But I think from a gardening perspective, I'm just going to have to go for the slug. She's oh, going for the slug. Maria oh. Conyard. And thank you, because it would have cost a fortune yeah, to sell me. to Namibia. I was really <laughs> hoping you'd say that, to be honest. It's a massive relief. Maria is actually coming to one of our live shows. We'll just hand it to her then. Same yeah, on posting. Right, yeah, right. yeah, and that way she has to come to the show now. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Maria. Congratulations. Sorry, Kelly. Um, you know, maybe try and get your child to eat something disgusting and next time you might win. Now, should we do our own scummy mummy confession my confession is not dissimilar uh, the other night we were having dinner and uh, you know we were saying what did you do at nursery today and Charlie said me and Sam were monsters yes we were floor monsters and I said oh what does a floor monster do and he said we all the food has fallen on the floor <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> made a friend. <laughs> that's lovely. The nursery dear. stuff must, must love them. Uh, Dawn, do you have a scummy confession for us? Um, oh, we used to live in the delightful Shepherd's Bush stroke White City. Basically, that means it's White City because Shepherd's Bush sounds a bit nicer. But And I was uh, in the upstairs room in the office looking out the window as I was doing my designs of the drawing board and I sort of noticed as you would because it's quite hard to miss two people in my front garden one inexplicably on crutches and using his crutch to poke my compost heap so I opened the window and in the way only English people can said excuse me can I help you <laughs> because obviously that's not what I was thinking in my head but it's the only way I can talk. Or to be polite in this situation. Now, Brett, let me just get the etiquette book out. What to say if someone is poking your compost heap with a crutch? Ah, oh, yes. Excuse me. Can I help you? And they said, yeah, we were standing outside your house and the police went by, so we threw our drugs into your front garden. 
and we're a bit concerned that we've lost them in your compost heap. <laughs> and what I get out is it's very English that they've just told you this. That there was no sort of, ah, oh, yes, now you'll see what we're doing. It's very simple. Totally, it's a very reasonable explanation totally for all this. Um, the drugs you see and the police and, oh, nightmare. Such a to-do. Oh, God. <laughs> Which was odd enough in itself. But then they said... If you find them, I wonder if you could let us know. And they proceeded to leave with me their name, address and telephone number. Did they have like like a business card? Like, Robert, drug dealer extraordinaire. That's amazing. And it didn't occur to them that you might, you know, phone the police and say, just so you know, I've got the uh, phone number and address of some drug dealers. Do you know what the really bad thing is? I don't think it even occurred to me. (laughs) It would have seemed a terribly impolite thing to do. I can't seem Again. to find their drugs. Oh, let them down. No, I'm going to have to refer to De Brett's. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yes, thank you very much. I'll pop it on the notice board and give you a shout if the heroine turns up. So did you ever find the drugs? I didn't. It was a very big compost heap. Yes, I bet it was. Well, that is sunflowers. must have been amazing. That's right. So no, sadly, we never did find it. Oh, so there's probably still so somewhere in this garden in White City. Never found, never found them. And it was about this time you became addicted to eating soil. (laughs) How strange! It just made me feel so calm. Yes. Oh, well, that's a lovely story. Thank you very much oh. for sharing, Dawn. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're sort of at the end, aren't we? We are. So thank you for hosting us in your lovely house in the countryside. And Alfresco. Uh, <laughs> or not <laughs> or indoors. Not. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Do get in contact with us at scummymummiespodcast at gmail.com. You can join us on the Facebook. We're also on the Twitter at Scummy Mummies. Mm-hmm. And come to one of our live shows. Just look at our website, scummymummies.com, and click on the live show button. Uh, we're touring around the country until Ellie coughs one out. Yes, that's right. <laughs> or I have a baby, whichever happens first. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being a lovely guest, Dawn thank Isaac. You. Yes. Let's go and eat soil. Hooray! <laughs> until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Um, and yeah, wherever you are in the world, you can get it online. Just type in 101 things for kids to do outside. Do people know out. how to use Google? <laughs> <laughs> that's a handy tip. I'm offering a service. I really am. Goodness me. <laughs> we'll put it on the website. Okay. That's done. All right. Book chat. Finished. <laughs> God, it's got an end jingle too. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I like a, that. I've got a bit, um, what's his name? Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Book chat's done. Great. Fucking book chat. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> it's fucking finished. Good. I Garden that. nightmares. Oh, it was a good release of tension. <laughs> okay, nice. good. Feel Ooh. good. Smells like it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.